Hello, and welcome to the weekly sermon podcast of Harvest Church here in Elk Grove. We're excited to have you join us as we share God's message of hope and love. Each week, we bring you a new message from our pastors and guest speakers designed to inspire, uplift your spirits, and challenge you. Whether you're listening on your commute, at home, or on a walk, we hope these messages will bring you closer to God and help you on your faith journey. So without further ado, let's listen in. If you don't mind, stand with me as I, as I read the scripture, and then I'll move into the, the sermon. Praise God. This is from Acts chapter 15, verse 36 to 41, and then I'll read uh, some more in Acts 16. So please just be patient as I read this, and we're going to read it on the screen behind you. It says this, sometime later, Paul said to Barnabas, let us go back and visit the believers in all the towns where we preach the word of God and see how they are doing. He said, Barnabas wanted to take John, also called Mark, with them, but Paul did not think it was wise to take him because he had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not continued with them in the work. And they had such a sharp disagreement that they parted company. Barnabas took Mark and sailed for Cyrus, but Paul chose uh, uh, Cyprus, but Paul chose Silas and left and commended by the believers to the grace of the Lord. He went through Syria and, and Cilia and strengthened the churches. Chapter 16, verse 1, then Paul came to Derby and there at Lystra where a disciple named Timothy lived, whose mother was a Jew, was Jewish and a believer, but father was a Greek. The believers at Lystra and Iconium spoke well of him. Everybody said they spoke well of him. But Paul wanted to take him along on the journey, so he circumcised him because of the Jews that lived in the area, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. Verse 6, it says, Paul and his companions traveled through the region of Pamphylia, of Phrygia, and Galatia, and they, they, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia, when they came to the borders of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. So they passed by Mysia and went down to Troas. But during the night, everyone say during the night. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. And Paul had seen the vision. He got, he said, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Father, in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, we come before you right now asking that you give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation that you would enlighten the eyes of our understanding, give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and the heart to perceive what the spirit of the Lord is saying. God, I pray let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing to you. And I pray that your people, Lord God, would walk, uh, not just be hearers of the word, but doers of the word. I pray for the conviction of the Holy Spirit, the leadership, of the, of the Holy Spirit and the anointing of the Holy Spirit to rest on us that we might glorify you and be people who honor the name of Jesus. We love you, we bless you, and we thank you. In your son, Jesus Christ's holy name, we pray and all of God's people said, amen. amen and amen. Come on, just give the Lord a good hand clap as you're seated. If you were not here last week, I want to encourage you, go back and look at last week's sermon. The title of today, 
of the message today is called Cooperating with the Holy Spirit, but this is part two of the message. Now listen, last week I shared the story. I'm not even going to tell the story. Just go back and look at last week's message. You will be encouraged. Amen. So we're doing part two of cooperating with the Holy Spirit. This is the second part. Uh, we spoke about how Peter cooperated with the Holy Spirit, and we talked about that resulted in the heathen Gentiles being saved. Peter went into the household of Cornelius and maybe spoke to somewhere maybe about 100 people in the household of Cornelius, who was the first Gentile to ever hear the gospel from one of the apostles. Today, this modern day time, over 570 million people are spirit-filled believers around the world, all because one man 2,000 years ago preached to the Gentiles and cooperated with the Holy Spirit. Amen? And the focus of this message and last week and this week is when we cooperate with the Holy Spirit, we will see unusual events and supernatural results. We spent time preaching last month about what, who the Holy Spirit is and what he does, but now we're talking about how we partner with him, how we come uh, and undergird ourselves or come in alignment with the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is the spirit of creation. He is the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead so he's the spirit of resurrection he is the spirit that has all knowledge wisdom and understanding he's the third member of the Godhead so there's no limitation to the Holy Spirit and what he's able or capable of doing the only limitation is the limitations that we put on him or the lack of cooperation however when we begin to cooperate with the Holy Spirit and come into divine alignment with him we start to sue See the supernatural power of God manifested here on the earth. Amen. 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 While we were worshiping, the Lord reminded me of something that happened in 1996. In 1996, I was with a group of young men who are part of a leadership team, and we went to Tuskegee, Alabama. We visited uh, Tuskegee University, um, with a historic black university in Alabama, where uh, George Washington Carver was a scientist and a professor. He's one of my personal heroes. And, and we just, I mean, the place was phenomenal. And when we left Tuskegee University, we went to a Burger King to grab something to eat before we were driving and going to Atlanta. And when we went to that Burger King, there was a woman who walked into that Burger King and she began to open air preach in the middle of the Burger King at lunchtime in the midst of a packed restaurant. And she came in and she said, Jesus Christ is Lord and salvation is only found in him. And if you repent of your sins and give your hearts to Jesus Christ, you shall be saved. And she walked out of that restaurant and left. And we all laughed at her and mocked her and made fun of her and talked about how stupid she was and how crazy she was when she walked into that restaurant and did what she did. I wasn't saved in 1996, as you might be able to tell. I said, that woman is absolutely psycho. That was crazy. What was she doing? But I'm going to tell you here in 2023 that I've never forgotten what that woman did in 1996. 
I've never forgotten the boldness and the courage and the conviction of the Holy Spirit that she had when she walked in the middle of that packed Burger King and started preaching to anyone that was in that building. I never forgot. And I remember before I got saved, God used a seed that that woman planted to bring conviction into my heart and to my spirit because it was a woman who cooperated with the Holy Spirit. See, we may have made fun of her in that moment at Burger King, but her words haunted us at nighttime when we were sleeping alone. I laughed at Burger King, but I was crying in my bed when the Holy Spirit was bringing her words up of what she spoke, how we needed salvation in Jesus. And she didn't know those were some of the seeds that was going to lead to a young man of God becoming a preacher one day and leaving the, the possibility of going to the NFL and playing professional football because God just needs normal, ordinary people to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. Amen? Listen, it's not about you being smart enough, having the right network, being connected with the right people. If you cooperate with the Holy Spirit, he can supersede all of those things because God is bigger. Holy Spirit is bigger than your network. He's smarter than your highest degree level or college level that you've reached. He has more resources than your buddies and your friends. The Lord is waiting for people who will cooperate with him because if we would cooperate with him, I'm telling you, California would turn around like this because God is bigger than whatever's happening in Sacramento and government buildings and being legislated and laws that's being passed. The Holy Spirit is greater than what we may see on our television screens and the news channels. Can I get a good amen? So let me give you a couple of scriptures. I, I know I'm not going to be able to get through my whole message today, but we'll just continue on next week. Amen. Praise God. I've mentioned to you from Acts chapter 15, 36 through 41. Let me give you the situation. Paul and his companions had successfully completed their first missionary journey. I'm going to give you a situation, a cooperation, and an outcome based upon what was happening with Paul. Paul and his companions had successfully completed their first missionary journey. And Paul went back to the church of Jerusalem, church of Antioch, and he gave a report of what God was doing. When our uh, people from Harvest Church went to Mexico, they came back and gave a report and testified of what God did because that's the biblical man of what missionaries should do. You should be sent out, do the mission, then come back to the church and report back what God did through you and through the ministry that he entrusted to you. Can I get amen? So Paul came back and testified in Antioch in the church of Jerusalem about their first missionary journey. And they were about to launch out into their second journey and visit more churches that they had planted and minister to new groups of people. However, Paul lost his companion, Barnabas, and he lost his companion, John Mark. And he had to make an adjustment because there was a little bit of division and confusion in the church. Can I get amen? Amen. Paul was preaching the gospel, and him and Barnabas had a conflict because John Mark, who was their protege, abandoned them in the middle of their journey. 
Now, I don't know about you if someone has abandoned you in the middle of the journey, but this is a part of life. And let me tell you this. Some of us are crying over spilled milk, but we need to say, God, maybe it was your will that someone left because God is trying to line up the next Timothy to replace John Mark because God has eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to perceive what he is doing that's greater than what you may understand in the moment. Amen? Amen? Come on, sometimes God's trying to remove people out of your life that you're trying to hold on to. And God's saying, I have a plan for Barnabas and John Mark, but I also have a plan for a young Timothy. If you would just allow me to rearrange some things, I would put stuff in alignment. If you stop trying to hold on to some stuff that God's trying to tell you to let go of, amen? Some of us are trying to hold on to situations. Some of us are trying to hold on to, to businesses and different things that God may say, it's time to let it go so that you can embrace the new thing that's coming. It's okay. No, it's all, it's all right. That was, that was a weak clap, but that's all right. Praise God. <laughs> And see, here's the issue that Paul had. Well, I'm jumping ahead of myself. Paul not only had to replace the people, Barnabas and John Mark, who left, but then as he was trying to travel through Asia, God kept forbidding him and saying, where you want to go, I don't want you to go. He tried to go into Asia, and God says no. And then he tried to go to Bithynia, and God says no. And he tried to go this place, and God says no. And he's looking at his group, and he's saying, wait a minute. We're trying to go everywhere we, to do what we know to do, which is preach the gospel to unknown and unreached people groups. And God keeps telling us no. Man, and, and maybe he's trying to lead us somewhere, but we're not quite sure what we should be doing. And I want to say this to you. What do you do when everything that you know is no longer working? because God's bringing you into a new season and he's trying to put you into a new place. Amen? What worked before COVID no longer worked after COVID because we have shifted into a new season and what was is no longer what currently is. And we need to stop mourning over what was because what was is exactly that. It is what was. We get stuck in the past because we've not allowed the Holy Spirit to give us, us a fresh and a new download about what's going ahead of us because we keep looking in the rearview mirror. But let me tell you this, you cannot drive a vehicle looking in the rearview mirror. You must look through the front window shield and fix your eyes on the destination of where God is trying to bring you. Look at your neighbor, say, let it go. Tell them, don't be stuck. Say, the past is over. <laughs> I remember T.D. Jakes talking about people drowning on a 20-year-old glass of water. You're still stuck on something that happened decades ago and not able to move forward because you're stuck in the past instead of seeing where God is trying to bring you. 
Paul was like, well, we went to Asia last time, so we're going to go back again. We went to this place last time, we're going to go back again. And God said, no, 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 I'm not looking at Asia anymore. I'm looking at Europe. I'm trying to bring you to a new people group to reach a new uh, demographic so that my glory and my kingdom can spread beyond your limited knowledge and understanding and perspective. God's trying to expand territory and we're just trying to stay in the box of what we know instead of allowing the Holy Spirit to challenge us to go to the next level. <laughs> That's like some of these bad fashion choices that I see people make. I'm a, yeah, because I'm in my, you know, I'm in my, my, I'm in my forties now. I can say this. <laughs> they got these preachers well, and it's not so much of a big deal now but it was 5-10 years ago you had these 50-60 year old preachers walking around with skinny jeans and I'm like bro that's not built for you you're not built for that <laughs> it's not you no you're not the one brother it's not for you see because you're out of sync with the season dressed like somebody that's 50 years old <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Let me jump ahead in this message, praise God. Go to uh, the cooperation number two. It says the Holy Spirit forbid Paul from preaching in Asia. Paul is ready to preach in Asia, but God said no. What's some of the things, and here's my question for you. What have you been asking God for and God has said no, but you still continue to contend and fight for something that God's saying no to? Why are you still praying about something that God has spoken and the answer was no, but you're still trying to manipulate God to give you what God has already said is not the answer to the question? Paul is trying to go to Asia and God says no. Paul tried to go to Bithynia and God says no. He says just keep moving but stop trying to move to the places that I'm not telling you to go and keep moving in the direction that I'm guiding, leading, and directing you to go in. And we wonder why we're frustrated and things aren't working out because you're trying to get God to bless something that he is not blessing. Some of you young ladies, God, I really like this guy. He is so nice, God. He is so nice. He is so cute, Jesus. Can I please date him? Lord, when he comes back from the club, um, you know, I would just like to meet up with him. I just need to bring him to church and let him meet my pastor and then pastor can pray for him and rebuke the spirit of lust in his life and then we can get married.
Pastor Billy just has a little drinking problem, but if we could just rebuke that spirit of alcohol, then we can get married because I think he would be a good candidate for a husband. Ooh, I'm sorry. My bad. I, I was supposed to preach this at the church up the street. I'm sorry. I was, uh, my fault. Lord, I've been praying for a wife. I know this girl's a hoochie mama, but Jesus, please. <laughs> Lord, you died for sinners, so I need you to save sister hoochie mama so that we could start dating and maybe get married one day, Jesus. Jesus, I tried dating people in the church and that didn't work, so I'm going to go to happy hour at the bar after I get off the, after the job and just see if I could just talk to somebody and see if I could find some candidates. Mm. See, because we're trying to get God to say yes to something that he said no to, and we wonder why things aren't working out in our lives. Mm. Pull up the map for me, please. This is the map. Thank you. Paul left from the circle Antioch, the church of Antioch. Oh, this is so awesome. I've been waiting to do this my whole life. Praise God. Paul is here in Antioch, and I'm probably messing it up on the screen, but that's okay. He's here with his companions in Antioch. They're leaving, and as they travel, he's trying to go into Asia, and God says, no, I don't want you to come here to continue ministry. Then he tries to go up to Bithynia and Pontus, and God says, no, I don't want you to go there. And then he continues to travel with his companions, and when he finally arrived in the location that he was supposed to go, which was Troas, then God gives him a vision and shows him people in Macedonia that he was supposed to go to and preach with. Macedonia is all the way on the other side here in Europe, but Paul never reaches his destination if he doesn't listen to the no of God so that he can finally get the yes. Sometimes God's not telling you what to do, but there are times where God's telling you what not to do. That was a word for somebody. You may be saying, God, what should I do? God, I've been praying. I need to do this. I, you know, I want to do this. I'm asking you. But what is God saying I don't want you to do? What is God saying don't do that? Don't connect with that. Don't come into agreement with that. That's not it. Because when you follow the no of God, then you will get to the yes of God. When you follow the no of God, then you will get to the what? The yes of God. What was the outcome? As Paul obeyed the vision from the Lord, he moved from the continent of Asia to the continent of Europe where he had his first European convert, a lady 
named Lydia. Commentary said Lydia was a Gentile businesswoman who sold expensive purple clothes. She was from Thyatira, and although not a Jew, she worshipped the Jewish God. Her understanding of God was unclear, but God opened her heart to embrace Paul's message. Lydia was not only the first Gentile convert in Europe, but the first believer to open her home as a worship center for European Christians to worship Christ. One yes, one response, one being in the place that you are supposed to be opened up the entire nation of Europe all because Paul met this woman named Lydia, preached the gospel, she got saved, and then her house became the church where the entire mission of the gospel being launched to Europe, it went out of her house all because he met the right person at the right time doing the right thing that he was called to do. Amen? That's what happens when we cooperate with the Holy Spirit instead of working against him. What's the application? Our steps are ordered by the Lord, which means we may not always understand what he is doing, but if we track with him through obedience, then we will always, always end up where we are supposed to be in life. Amen? Obedience is better than sacrifice. Obedience is better than sacrifice. That means stop trying to tell God what you're going to give him and obey what he's been trying to tell you. Oh, that was better. Stop trying to tell God what you're going to, God, I will do this, this, and this for you if you would just, no, no, no. God, what are you telling me to do? Let me obey that, and then you are going to bless my act of obedience instead of me trying to give you what I want to give you. Amen? That's why some marriages are messed up because we're trying to tell our spouse, this is what I'm going to give you, and they're saying that's not what I'm asking for. Ooh. Oh, we doing marriage counseling this morning. <laughs> Corey Tim Boone said this, and this is my conclusion. She said, trying to do the Lord's work in our own strength is the most confusing, exhausting, and tedious work, tedious of all work. But when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, then the ministry of Jesus just flows out of us or out of you. Amen. When we cooperate with the Holy Spirit, things get exponentially easier and better instead of more difficult and more challenging. Amen? When we cooperate with the Holy Spirit, God will do miracles. He will do things that you think is impossible because he's just looking for someone to cooperate with him and work with him and come in alignment with him. It's not difficult, but it is a matter of our will coming under the will of God. What we do like Jesus did, we said, Lord, not my will, but thy will be. Amen. Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast. We pray that today's message has touched your heart and encouraged your spirit. We believe that the Word of God has the power to transform our lives and inspire us to be better versions of ourselves. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please share it with your friends and family. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel for more inspirational messages. Until next time, may the good Lord bless you. And we look forward to seeing you at one of our weekend services and sharing with you once again next week.